When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? me? <laughs> Well, I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My special stripe. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and you know we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there, and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights, or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is is eight hundred seven seven zero seven zero zero eight. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured. Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you by Brad Sean Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had Ian Punnett on the program, talking about how to really, really do health care. Next on the best of. Wild Thing Punnett. Is that his new nickname? Yeah. Is that is that why you're playing Wild? I love this song and I, I always know. have. And I, I also love, I want to spend my life with a girl like you. What a great song by the Trogs. Yeah, they were a good band. So basically, I was thinking, uh, I don't think we've ever had Ian Punnett on the KQ Morning Show. And then I just kind of blurted it out. you got to come on the KQ Morning Show. <laughs> oh, anytime. Has your no-compete yeah. expired yet? <laughs> like uh, five years ago, I think. But yeah, a listener, Joe from Louisville, just sent me a message that says, "I didn't even notice you said KQ." <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's interesting, I'll tell you that. In any case, Ian Punnett today, uh, today talking about health care. I am uh, well. Just tell us. I, instead of yeah. me re- reading this, I want to hear um, from from the. I wasn't going to say the horse's mouth, but, you know, I want to hear from you. How did all this get started, health insurance? Wait, wait, wait. So, yeah, so there, you're getting part of it. So I I decided, I don't know how you feel about getting older, but <laughs> yeah, I, got great. Pretty, I, I got pretty good insurance, right? So I decided that I was going to do every test that was provided for by my insurance company. Right. And I was going to figure out every potential thing wrong with me. <laughs> 
just more like an experiment. And uh, so I went to my doctor and I just said, I want to run every test. And he said, well, you know, that's like a lot of like blood tests and fasting and a lot of like brain stuff. And I'm like, run the board. So I just made a list of every single thing that I can have done. And that's what I'm spending my summer doing is uh, taking all these tests about every four or five days. Hmm. God, that's unbelievable. By coincidence, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and his wife was with him. And we had talked about, uh, and this guy, by the way, is, uh, well, I'll tell you at the end. So we're talking about this and the other thing, and what are you going to do in the future, and uh, what's your projection for the next, you know, decade or two, or whatever. You know, we went through all that stuff. And he got up to go in the kitchen and grab something. And so I said, you know, Tom, it's not really fair because you're a lot younger than he is. I said, Actually, I'm eight years older than he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I mean, if it's amazing, you see some people, they just turn right. 50 and they look like they're 80. They I don't really know what do. that's exactly. all about. Some people hit the wall really hard, early age. Yeah, they do. But, I mean, some of it we have within our control, right? So, I really, what I just decided was, I've, I've had this philosophy for a long time that I don't want to die stupid. I don't want to. <laughs> okay. Right? No. I don't want to die and have somebody tell a story at my funeral about something I could have done, like some 10 cent solution that I didn't do, or something that I avoided doing because I didn't want to pee in a cup or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, screw that. I don't want to be like Jim Henson. I don't want to be like oh, other yeah. people who I like a lot who I think kind of died dumb. Steve Jobs? And, um, yeah. Yeah, Steve so Jobs. Yeah, he could have cured himself basically but. i think hypertension is the biggest one that, that people ignore that no, yeah. easy fix and heart problems die. are i think heart problems are the number one killer right now and a lot of that is just due to people being like oh no it's fine right they don't go to a doctor mm-hmm. annually right yeah it's yeah, very so true. i i'm on a mild uh i'm on a mild blood pressure med because i'm just i run a little high so I'm like, okay, tweak it. So he's tweaking it. And then now I'm doing the same thing with like every other test. And I'm also going in for tests that my insurance company doesn't even pay for, like the ones where they can read your veins and see like how blocked any of your veins are in your Angiogram. brain, in your heart, and in your uh, gut. Yeah. They're doing, they're doing a Vitagram and an Angiogram on you? All that stuff. Running well, it all. The whole they, table. If they'll pay for it, then yeah, I guess. Why? What's wrong with that doctor? Well, there's, there's a finite risk of having bad things happen yeah. when you have those tests. Uh, that's 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 the risk of, of doing the test unless you're absolutely certain. I don't, I, you know, as a physician, I wouldn't have an angiogram, especially in your brain. Right yeah, yeah. You know, well, you really need I'm it. not sure it's the, I'm not sure it's the angiogram that they're providing for, but the the one that I'm having a heart stress test coming up. Yeah, um, that's good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and that was one where he was like, well, are you having any heart problems? I said, nope, and I don't want any. So I'm doing that. But then I got this um, uh, scan thing that they're doing where they're doing all of the veins to see uh, what my how pressure is running through the veins and, and that sort of thing. So like hiring a plumber to check your pipes. Kind of I will tell you, Ian, what an imbecile I am. So I picked my doctor, and he played football at Southern Methodist University. And I will tell you this, every time he does the prostate check, his fingers are the size of a Coke bottle. (laughs) It's a little uncomfortable. I'm not kidding. He has very big hands. I'm like, good God. That kind of exam isn't isn't for everybody. (laughs) It's not not for for everybody. everybody. I can see that. Yeah. Well, I've always said I don't think they should let anybody be a proctologist who really wants to be a proctologist. (laughs) Probably true. That's probably. I don't know. So you're finding out that you're pretty healthy, though, aren't you? Other than a little high blood pressure, so far, pressure, maybe? yeah, lost a lot of weight. Had a um, other than the high BP, um, all this fasting is doing me good. But I got another round of tests coming up, so I'll let you know. Soon. I got two more big things coming up, and then I'll let you know. But so far, um, other than I'm, I'm getting a little close to a diabetic score than I want to get. So really, I cut out a lot. Yeah, cut out a lot of sugar, cut out a lot of carbs, and do, I do, hope for better tests. Do you that. think this could become addicting? Testing? Yeah. Munchausen syndrome? No, you you get not. addicted to it? No, I hope not. I hate. I don't even like going to the doctor. But it's just like, I figure, why not be preventative yeah. if I've got it and I can use it? And I have the time. So I'm mean, not going to have the time in about eight weeks when I go and the fall semester starts and I go back to teaching. I'm not going to have any time for that, but I got it now. Because some people so, do get addicted to doing this. Yeah, that's Munchausen syndrome. Yeah. They get addicted to the uh, the attention that they receive from mm, the doctors yeah. and yes. the care and, you know. 
He yeah, didn't I get no test. such attention. In fact, I'll tell you something. My doctor told me, he said, um, he said, you will not lose weight. It's what he told me at the beginning of the summer. Hmm. And I said, what? He goes, well, statistically speaking, you will not lose weight. And I said, okay. He goes, but you have to. And I said, I have to, but I can't. He goes, no, you can't, but you have to. <laughs> That's what he's telling <laughs> who, nice. gets, who gets addicted to that kind of attention? Not me. I'm like, he said, if you don't lose some weight, your blood sugar score is going to go up and you'll get diabetes. Oh, no, I, have, I, have I, a really, I have a really attractive young female doctor, so. Oh, here we go. I do. She's a good-looking doctor. Here we go. You know, I uh, in since we've been talking off and on for the last several months, um, yeah. I went to the doctor uh, and he tested my resting heart rate. He said, actually, your resting heart rate is pretty good. Your resting heart rate is like 73, 74, something like that. But then in the last uh, four and a half months, I've lost 81 pounds, and I plan to lose about... Oh, shut up. Yeah, I, I have, exactly. So you can do it, by the way. There's no question you can oh. lose weight. Yeah. But you've well, been really I dedicated. I, I didn't what? You've been very de- dedicated. I have been very dedicated to, so that's, to it. I mean, you've been very dedicated. So, Dr. Basham, yes. my resting heart yeah. rate now is 56. Wow. That's, Mine is... That's pretty good, isn't it? 76. Yeah, pretty, good. Yeah, pretty What's good. What's yours? 76. Right now, you have such a high. Well, that's what mine used to be. Is like seventy six. Mine's always been really high. When I was when I was eighteen, mine was a hundred. So was it really your resting heart rate at eighteen was a hundred? My heart rate's always been pretty high. high. It does seem high, but it's never been a problem. Mine's sixty. That's a good thing. So, Ian, what's your resting heart rate right now? I, I think it was in the low seventies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. a good thing. But your your yeah. doctor is wrong. You can absolutely lose weight. I did it, and I've been on every diet in the world. And, well, it's and not it, that he can't. It's that he won't if he's like almost everyone. Yeah. Way to that's go. What he was exactly. won't. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Or you have to understand that the recidivism after any weight loss, yeah. whether it's a voluntary or surgically induced or medically induced, all those things, the recidivism is so so high. It is very high, but eighty five ninety percent. I will tell you something. You know, what you're doing right now, Ian, you, if you lose the weight, you'll keep it off because the way I've done it now, and, I, and again, I want to lose 15 pound, more pounds, something like that, but I do fast one day a week and I love doing it. It's just, it's amazing. Well, I'm doing this one thing coming up and maybe I'll get some free medical advice on this. So I'm fasting this week on a, on a, what they call a mimic fast, right, mm-hmm. Doc? Yeah. The, uh, right. So yeah. I get a little, I get a little bit of strategic food here and there, um, but, and then vitamins, what drinks and whatever, but the um, the one I'm coming, I, one's coming in a box. Have you been following this whole Prolon thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. Prolon. So it's a service. It's become that- a big deal. It's a it's a it's a nationally marketed week long, um, uh, you know, mimic fast. Um, and it it everything you get to eat for the whole week comes in a box about the size of a, a shoebox. Well, that includes some like soup mixes and stuff, but. Um, that's what I'm going to take before I do my fi- my next uh, blood, um, blood test for uh, glucose. Well, that's, and then if that if that doesn't get the score down, nothing will. Well, I will tell you this though: if you can do that, you can certainly lose as much weight as you want to and keep it off. I think fasting because oh, yeah. that that does allow you to do things like sit down and eat pizza with your family or have a spaghetti dinner. Because that those are things I just won't give up, and I think that's the problem, Doctor Basham. Is yeah. a lot of people go, I'm not giving up having a sub with my kids once in a while. If you are a foodie at all, and you like right. food, and you enjoy the experience right. of food, experience of wine, things like that, all those things. Now bring up wine, that, thanks, Ralph. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> picking at a scab, picking at a scab. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it, if, you, if you're that kind of person, is it is difficult to uh, give up um, those sort of things and to lose weight is a much bigger challenge. Yeah, in my opinion, certainly. it is absolutely. You know, but the idea of fasting. You know, I, I ran into uh, my neighbor across. He's a, he's a doc, and he he said that he had start uh, he started fasting. He fasts every day and breaks fast at about four in the afternoon. So he eats one meal a day. Yeah, one meal that's, a day. That's I, actually what I do. I yeah, don't a lot eat. Of people I don't do eat that. till I woke up this morning. I won't eat till I go home from the show. And I and I and I thought to myself, man, how that must be brutal to do. So the next no. day I tried it and I said, not a problem. At oh, all. this is not a deal at all not at all i don't get hungry till no. three o'clock yeah that's what well, i get Ian, hungry. i'm telling you i'm here to tell you if i can do it you sure as hell can do it because oh, yeah. i've been Thank on every diet you. and I they all failed it. but nutrimos is this diet i'm on now and it's working like a charm yeah. it's great i heard you talking about it you know and, it, and and i heard and i i heard your previous success stories while i was on a on a break and i'm i'm glad to hear that because you know, part of what I'm doing is really just focused on these tests. But yep. then after that, I'm going to—I'll probably do something that's a little more lifestyle-oriented. 
And uh, but it's been kind of fun you know, to to have everything checked out. And I feel like I'm I feel like I'm one of those cars that you know they put up and they put all the diagnostic stuff yeah, on. Yeah. Yep. And I, you know, once it's over, believe me, I, I mean, I had a colonoscopy. I've already I did that about three weeks ago. That's always a, a thrill. And uh, you know, so but it's good to get it all done. Was that your first one colonoscopy? No. Yeah. When should no, you have your first one? So I haven't had one yet. Fifty, I think. Fifty, mm. unless you have a family yeah. history of polyps or, right. or a colon yeah. cancer, right. then it's I'm 50, forty. I'm fifty-five, and I haven't had one yet. Yeah, about time. Yeah, well, my 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 primary care doctor, she said, "Oh, she, she goes, I do that here in the office." I go, "Oh no, you don't." <laughs> uh, I should tell you what happened to me, but Cass, while Cassie can handle it, I got um, what was that thing I got again? A helio. I, I what happened was Ian, I was a big time weightlifter back when I was younger, right? And yep. I got a hernia. And back in those days, oh. when I was nineteen years old, they didn't oh. do the keyhole. It was about a four inch scar yeah. on your on your right. lower abdomen, right? So right. about I guess about ten years ago, I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm going to start doing some leg work because I have very big legs. So I get on. I load the rack with seven hundred and fifty pounds because that used to be my warm up. Yeah, no. but that was my warm up when I was like thirty. <laughs> so, I push it up a couple times, and I could hear it tear. Uh, yeah, I uh, heard uh. it tear, and I got a helio. My my scrotum swelled up to like five times its normal oh, size. It pushed the muscle helio. in there. No, you, you it's got water. It, it oh, started water. dripping fluid. Oh, hydrocele. Hydrocele. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I got. Is a hydrocele. Yeah. Okay. So here's me. I got a hydrocele. My sack is the size of a well, big, about a, between a softball and a soccer ball. Yeah. It got really huge. Uh. So they send me to the doctor. I walk in, and the doctor is an extremely attractive young woman. That's okay. What I got going on. So she said, go in the other room. And, uh, and so I lay back, and she said, you know, go in the other room and then put a towel over your lap and all that stuff. She said, what I need you to do now, basically, is put pull the towel up and put it between your, your, uh, your breastbone and cover your penis but not your, your scrotum. I said, okay. She said, one other thing, I need to ask your permission. Uh, I said, yeah, what's that? And she goes, uh, there's a young medical student that wants to watch the procedure. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's my doctor, too, every time. Yeah, so an even better looking woman comes in with her, right? And she's about like 21, something like that. The entire time they're putting on the, uh, it's it's kind of like a, uh, what, are the, what are the pregnant women get again? The ultrasound. ultrasound. They were doing yeah. an ultrasound on my scrotum. And the entire time they were rubbing that liquid on there and then rubbing the thing over. I, I, I swear to God, Ian, the whole time they were doing it, I was going, my mother's dead. My mother's dead. My mother's dead. <laughs> I had to take my mind off it completely. Like, good God, was that I have the same problem. That's why I haven't got a prostate <laughs> exam. I got a good-looking young doctor, and she always brings in a, st- a stirring with her. Every right. time. You don't Maybe it's draw, the same doctor. You don't want to draw a sword. Uh, yeah, no, you don't. No, no that would be so embarrassing. My gastrologist looked like Keanu Reeves, and he had to do a colonoscopy. Yeah, that's never fun. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, this is so embarrassing. I'm like, you know, you should probably you buy, you buy me a drink they first. They see it all. They do I see, they it, see all. it all, man. Well, we got to take a break. We'll be right back in two minutes. More, Ian, you pick the, the topic for the next segment. Haboom. Haboom. Oh, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Works for me. Right back Ha-boom. with Ian Punnett, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. I got the potion, perpetual motion. Put your faith in me. Don't you know that I'm the man? Understand, I'm the only one who can. I'm the bad, make you glad medicine man. Ha! Got the cure, it's for sure. I'm the one you're looking for. I'm the bad, man. That was Ian Punnett on the best of. Coming up next, we're doing a double dip in the vault today, but first we had Robert Kelly, and he had a bit of a tough life. Find out how tough next on The Best Of. Our very special guest, Robert Kelly, is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy all weekend long. Robert! It's nice to have you in the studio. It's, it's nice to be here. Oh, well, make yourself at home. For <laughs> have a sandwich. It's a big deal today. Typical West Side guy. Yeah. He's trying to get the shot. <laughs> He's getting the shot. You can tell the camera guy when he fell. Oh, I, let me just balance on one toe and <laughs> ruin everybody else's comfortability to get this great shot. But he's going to get a great shot. There it's all true. What that's all about, Robert, is that... Uh, 
on Monday I'm going into rehab. So all the TV stations in town are doing stories about uh, it. You're doing rehab? What kind of rehab? Uh, just, it's an outpatient program, basically, based on the fact that I, the older I get, the angrier I get. Right. You know? Yeah. I was in rehab for uh, inpatient for a year and a half. A year and a half? What when were I you went, in for? Um, uh, alcohol, drugs. When I was 15. But a year and a half? Why? 15. Did you commit a crime? I, 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 no, I did when I was younger. But what, <laughs> <laughs> Well, not that time. <laughs> they actually gave me the opportunity of doing six-month uh, co-ed, you know, outpatient right. stuff. And, right. and then they were like, oh, you can do this, you know, 25 kids your age for a year, a year and a half. Uh, no, you can't leave inpatient. I was like, let me do that one, just to get this over with. You know, yeah, I suppose. yeah. Let me do it right. I don't want to do it with girls and then mess around. And I didn't know anything about it, so right. I thought, you know, because I announced it on the air last Friday. Because I figured if I didn't announce it on the air, then I would never do it. Right. So I announced it last Friday, and uh, I didn't know anything about rehab. Right. So I didn't know if it was inpatient or I thought everybody was inpatient. That's why I just thought you kind of went into hate because Minnesota is like, I don't know. You've never probably driven into the state. You fly into the state. But yeah. if you've ever driven a state, it says, welcome to Minnesota. You need rehab. <laughs> I mean, it does. This is like rehab central. It really is. Well, is you, did you get testosterone checked? Uh, yeah. I've had everything checked. Oh, you had it all checked? <laughs> Actually, uh, I, only, I only went through one father. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about issues with the father this morning, right. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> you I mean, know what I'm saying. I have rage issues too. I've been going to That's therapy for to six believe. years. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you guys both keep it really civil. And he, and he okay? does. Too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a camera guy with rage issues. You know, if something breaks out, he's not shutting the camera up I'm and just, helping. I'm getting pissed just sitting here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you went. You've been, you did therapy for six years. On I, I've been doing issues. therapy for six years. Yeah, and and I still go, but I still I have I have major rage issues because I was I was taught. Um, that's how you deal with stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. That's because how. Otherwise. Yeah. That's how you deal with it. That's. I get anxiety. Mm-hmm. I get angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. I get fearful. I get angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know all that stuff is lumped into just as anger in your twenties and thirties and and now early forties. I just get angry. That's me. And it's like no, it's yeah, not me. The, yeah. It's not my wife. I mean, yeah. Wait a minute. Let me. I mean, she's she's an ass. <laughs> let's, let's, let's 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 not. Are you going to be on the show now? <laughs> she's not without blame. No, she's definitely an ass. <laughs> Are you still married? I, I'm in. I'm in. I'm happily married. Never been happier in my life. Uh, never wanted to be married. Never wanted. Oh, really? Any of this? No. I lo- I love my wife so much. I want to punch her in the face. <laughs> I know. I know yeah. Rage. I don't hear it at all. I don't hear, I don't hear the anger. Well, I want to punch it with love. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, well, I'm the guy I never wanted to become, or never thought I had the ability to become. Yeah. Yeah. I. I was. You know. I was a misogynistic. You know. Rock and roll comedy. Let's. You know. Let's mess around. I want to get a. You know. Some local girl to uh, think I'm hilarious and come back to my hotel room and tell right. her to beat it around three o'clock and. Go to a diner with one of the other comics and smoke cigarettes and maybe get another one. All maybe. the good stuff. Yeah, now you're a real catch. Well, <laughs> well, now all I want to do is get home and watch House Hunters. <laughs> you know, with my I wife. Know. I don't know what came out of my nose. Yep. Um, oh, so, by the way, did, did you? Did no, you I didn't. Everybody? Joe Anderson. Nice Hi, to Joe. meet you. How you doing? Tony Lee. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Sonny Andy. Hello. And your son. How you doing? He's over there. You know, he's the one that shows up whenever he feels like. I'm having a son, and and I'm worried. I'm worried about my right. I'm worried about passing on what father number two gave me. You won't. Th- this is what you this won't is. Do it. This I is what I did. It. You ready? I remember my father was such a crazy person. No, you're this is second this is your, father. Your second father. Second father was a of violent, uh, verbally abusive person. Stupid idiot. Smack you in the head. Right. Go do it. You know. And I remember he kept doing that and doing that. And I remember, and I finally figured it out. That, oh, if I get more angry, if I, instead of crying, right, right, right. let me grab a hatchet and flip out and scream and chase him. 
Lot they of, try to kill him. A lot of Irish guys in Boston have hatchets. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to, to make, keep one he was right behind to, the door. Exactly. He was trying to make me do yard work. Oh, <laughs> Were you bigger than him? No, I was actually uh, in sixth grade. Wow. <laughs> but I remember when I, the thing that struck me is that I finally flipped out and snapped, and I, I grabbed this hat. And I, I'm going to get I scream, and, and he actually stopped, and he ran. He got scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was Absolutely. like, oh, my God, that works. That's, that's bully behavior. Yeah. You confront yeah. him. Yeah, it was. It worked. And that's you take that on into later. And then when I started drinking and hanging out at the kids and people. Oh, I remember this kid used to pick on me every day in seventh grade. And what grade was he in? He was in eighth. Yeah. Well, there's a shock. He's older than you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I broke my wrist. Are you leaving? Yeah, I got to run. All right. It was great. Sure. Thank you very much. It was, it was really nice to meet you. I remember uh, I broke my wrist, and I had this big cast. Remember the remember the cast back? Oh in the yeah, day? yeah, yeah. Big wrap with the stuff sticking mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah, like yeah, you you could sign it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone signed casts back then. Yeah, yeah. Like now, it's you know you can't sign it. Mm-hmm. You, you know you, they don't have those anymore. No, not that. It's a thinner material. Oh, yeah. I've never Isn't broken it? a limb, so and you get different colors and things. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Ooh, right, yeah. So you have the big snazzy. plaster. Yeah. I remember I got one of these, and I remember that kid. Attack, you know, verbally attacked me in the hallway, and I beat the shit out of him. You looked at that cast and you said, All right. You know, all the stuff came, wait a minute, and I just hit him and hit him. And I remember he, I, I, I went back to class, and over the PA, I heard, Would anybody with a cast on their left arm please come to the principal's office? Wow. And I go in, and there's a bunch of kids crying with casts on their arm. They're like, Hey, hey, I walked in, it was me. It was me. Yours is the only one with blood and yeah. pieces of human flesh. Exactly. <laughs> That's the day I learned. Remember when they used to tell you in high school as a kid, if you just admit to it, then I'll have more respect for you as yeah. a part. I learned that day that you, I admitted to everything I did and I got away with everything. Really? Oh, I was like, I did it. And I would just go in and just, yeah, it was me. Well, I'm proud of you for admitting it because mm-hmm. no kid admits. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I will tell you this, Robert, and I'm not kidding. The thing that makes everybody really nervous, and I should not say everybody, about 95% of the people are are great with it, but about 5% of the people, when I say, you know, my rage issues and my anger and my anxiety and depression, when I would drink alcohol, it would really come out, not toward my family, but toward, and not toward my friends either. But if I was in a group where somebody was acting like an asshole, I would go after them every time and not in a nice way. So I said, you know, I, I said, this is all about me. It's my fault. Mm-hmm. I take full responsibility for it, and I'll take care of it. And whatever the consequence. And the consequences for me is I, I like to drink wine, but now I can't drink wine anymore because I know it brings out that asshole side of me, you know? Yeah. People don't like that. It's like, wait a minute. You're taking responsibility for something? They get really, really nervous about it. It's like, you're dangerous. You're honest. They don't like you being honest, man. They just don't like that at all. But that's the only way you can get healthy, right? I would think if so. Ultimately, you know, you're honest. Well, I, I did say I start I start rehab on Monday, and I did say if I'm in a group with a bunch of people that are whining, blaming it on mommy and daddy, I'm going to go fucking berserk. That's going to happen. You're going to beat, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beat them up. Yeah, that's always work. Beat up the uh, anger management group as a whole if they don't do what you want them to do. Last man standing wins. <laughs> you think you're pissed? Come you're here. You're angry. You're not me. like what I think humans should be like. But Andy, I, I don't, you don't have anger issues at all. Not really. Yeah, I didn't pass any of that along to you. I mean, Andy and I... <laughs> you'll find I out have in lack time. Of emotion, <laughs> lack of emotion. It's lack of emotion. It's the exact <laughs> sentence I was trying to find. I mean, the fact that he just came up... That's beautiful. I have lack of emotion. Well, my mom's kind of the same way. Uh, oh, my mom is... Oh, she's a... She's a and I, I say this, you know, for new listeners, uh, uh, lovingly, that... Uh, my wife is a tough broad. Yeah. She's great. She's a beautiful, tall, thin woman. Just, just a really great person. But honest to God, people say, "What did you, did you ever show your anger toward your wife?" No, I'm still alive. That's the proof that I never showed. You know, I never aimed my anger at my family. I've done it's, that though. I've I, my wife. I, she's a tough broad too. She's from Boston, which I'm, is a good thing. She's yeah. She but here's the thing. She'll never let me get too carried away because mm-hmm. um, she'll fight me. <laughs> but you know, I've I've uh, you know. Here's the thing. I get so angry, and I'm trying to control that now because I have the kid, and I do right. not want to get angry. But you know, people do stupid shit. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't like. I, I'd rather argue with you. 
scream and yell and come out the other side than have you be passive aggressive. No, and that's a that, Joe and I were talking right. about that yesterday. That's big here. Pa- passive aggressive yeah. is huge here. It's like, well, you know, there's this guy was in my way, and I'm really upset about it now. So I'm going to go out and key his car. Yeah. But you would never go to you. You know what? You're an asshole. They yeah. would never do that. They yeah. wouldn't do it here. Yeah. Would you agree? No. I mean, you you would. The, first, the stunned look on the face of your fellow Scandinavian would be, mm-hmm. you know, how dare you say that to me? No, nobody talks like that to each other around here. It's no. different on the East Coast, especially in Boston. I mean, I yeah. have friends all over out east. I mean, it's, and we go out there and we see that, or someone talks to us like that, and you're kind of like, whoa, man, we yeah. don't do this. You try to stick the knife between my shoulder blades when I turn my back. That's how we work. Yeah. yeah. No, that's exactly right. And then when you add a Jew to the mix, it's even worse. <laughs> but you're in the Midwest. He's Jewish? <laughs> yes, he is. I, I kind of. <laughs> really? It's hard it's to believe. Kind of His, uh, I can smell dog shit, but I don't know where it is, face. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Would that be a grimace? <laughs> that would be a grimace, something like that. Yeah, a grimace. Yeah, it's a really good word, by the way. Grimace, grimace is a good word. Sure, it is. Well, it's I a good one it. to pull out. It's also grimace. the purple monster from McDonald's. Do you have See? Google up right now? No. Well, I have it up, but I just knew that. It's in his brain. Andy will tell you if you ask him that he has vast knowledge. <laughs> yes, that's what I'll say. You know, uh, I think we're going to be going to war with North Korea. I just read on CNN they loaded two missiles. They did? Yeah, they loaded two missiles. That's not good. Um, well, you know what's in it? Probably cheese. I thought you had your, <laughs> I looked down and I thought you had your book with you. Oh, my book cheat? Yeah. I thought um, cuz cheat's red. Yeah, cheat is red. Yeah. I didn't I didn't bring it. You didn't bring your book? No. Damn it. It's um I should have brought some copies. I should stop bringing copies with me, but no, I didn't. I didn't bring it with me. It's a, it's a hard book to you know give to somebody. Three great authors, you being one of them. Yeah, Bill Burr. Yeah, Joe DeRosa. Mm-hmm. Well, two. <laughs> well, two. <laughs> nah, yeah. That's why, honest God, because the book's about that size and it's red. Yeah, it's uh it's it's uh, yeah. It's the, the I was kind of, I mean the cover's nice. It's it the is devil in the suit with a tail. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. But I like the original cover, which they didn't give us. Was uh, it had uh, it said "Cheat: A Man's Guide to Infidelity," and the whole book is about how to cheat and get away with it. Right. Um, and not that I cheat or Billy cheats or Joe cheats. It's almost like we got caught robbing a bank, went to jail, and then we wrote a book on how to rob banks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or we could be lying. <laughs> if you read, if you read yeah. the book, so the original cover was uh, "Cheat: A Man's Guide." Uh, and then it had a sexy chick eating a cherry, a leg, some uh, a breasts. And then if you fold that back and rip it off, it was photos of food. And it said, cheat a man's uh, – it said uh, – what the hell? Did it said say? eat. Eat a man's guy. Eat a man's guy. Yeah, absolutely. What, I, re- I know more about his book than he does. <laughs> no, it's that you're more intelligent than me, <laughs> and my brain stopped, and I didn't know how to cut the word cheat up. I literally was doing like... Chase. Yeah, I was just scrabble in my head. Chat. God. His son almost hit the off button. Let's just start over. You tear it off, and it says Che Guevara. It said eat a man's guy, so it could be like a book that a man's um, I remember Daryl Hammond, who I, I think the world of, just a great guy. Daryl used to be on Saturday Night Live. He wrote a book yeah. called, called God, If You're Not Up There, I'm Fucked. And that was the name <laughs> of the book. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't stock it in Barnes no. & Noble and all Borders and all the stores that used to be open that aren't open any longer. Well, Barnes & Noble still is. <laughs> but, yeah, they, he had to literally get, you know, just put the... Put the little asterisk. Little asterisks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like they did with the shit my dad says. Yeah. yeah shit my dad said. Right. Yeah. Same story. But his book is very uh, – He, man, what a life that guy had. He's, oh. uh, he's one of the most interesting guys. He is. I remember – I'm a big fan of his. And I, I – I, he, he works at the Comedy Cell a lot in New York. And he's definitely out of – he's not from this planet. No. You know, if you talk to him, he's definitely yeah. a higher being. I agree. It's a good way of saying it. Yeah. I remember I was in Houston, and he was coming in to do the next night, and I was there, and he, we're outside. It was like 80 degrees out. He's all in black, black New York, black everything, black Yankees hat. <laughs> he has like a uniform. Right. Yeah. And he's ta- I'm talking to him for like literally 15 minutes, and I'm going blah, 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 and he's just staring at me, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and then around 15 minutes in, he goes, excuse me. I go, what's up? He goes, 
Do you wear a hat on stage? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and I went, no. He goes, okay. And then he walked away. That was it. I was like, this guy hasn't heard weird. a word. He was just wondering if, the I, whole time. if I wear a hat, too. He's working on his impression of you. He was studying He probably you. was. Yeah, he's, he's a he genius. Is, he is amazing at that. Yeah, you know his story with his mother and all that? Yeah. It was not a pretty story, but he, he was, the first time he ever told me that story was years ago. And he compared it to, uh, was it Mutual of Omaha? Well, they had the Wild, wild Kingdom. Wild, wild, Kingdom. Wild, wild Kingdom. There you go, Wild yeah. Kingdom. He said, Wild Kingdom, if you ever saw Wild Kingdom, that's how my childhood was with my mother. He said, well, what happened is, is because his mother abused him horribly. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you knew that, right? Mm. But he said, and he's very open about it now. I'm not, you know. Yeah, tipping off anybody. He's only told four people, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Tom. No, yeah. What do you think? Tweet this. Have you started start tweeting? Hashtag kid toucher. <laughs> he said, basically picture in your head Wild Kingdom, and there's an antelope. Yeah. And it's just standing there out in the... Ser- I guess... Not, are they called antelopes on the Serengeti plain? Or those... Maybe so. a wildebeest. A gazelle. Yeah, it's a That's gazelle. it, gazelle. He said, picture the gazelle on the Serengeti plane. And then they, the camera pans back. And there's a cheetah in the bush. Well, I was the gazelle. Daryl was the gazelle. And his mother was the cheetah. And the narrator comes on and goes, Sadly now... There can be but one outcome, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not good. He, that story when he told it was—he's unbelievable at telling stories. Yeah, he's—he's he's definitely he's a comic. I mean, you know, most comics, bum 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 the whole time. Yeah, Daryl's definitely one of those guys that will go into this character and ah, and then he'll go off into a story. And, you know, it's interesting how with your story. You know, going into rehab when you're 15. Yeah. Daryl Hammond's story. A lot of comics have so much oh, yeah. pain oh, yeah. in their background, and then they, they move on to become so funny. You know, you would think that it would go the other direction. Yeah, I don't trust a comic who doesn't have pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to talk to you. If you, if you haven't had a terrible, uh, like, awful life, yeah. or you're not psychotic in some way, or you're crazy. There's something in your background that's just crippled you emotionally. Yeah, I don't, want to yeah. Ta- I don't really want to yeah. talk to you because I don't think you got it. You're not really... <laughs> you don't have cred. Yeah, like, you learned the formula of set-up punch tag, mm-hmm. but you don't have the... Uh, the foundation of awfulness to to draw upon. It's just yeah, we're we're all. I, th- I think there's no comedy. It's just tragedy. I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, everything everything is just terrible, and you have to somehow make it bearable. That's how you cope with it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely. Yeah, well, remember what Mike Tyson said. <laughs> Mike Tyson said, "I'm on Zoloft." But that's for keep me from killing y'all. <laughs> you know, I, you know, you do comedy yeah. to keep from killing people. Yeah, I mean, I I started comedy to, uh, I, when I was in juvie hall. I remember being funny saved me from being beaten up. You had to be. Mm-hmm. Well, it was either you you're tough or you got beat. You 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 got you were funny. Yeah. I mean, honestly, God, it sounds you know kind of stock or something that would be in some you know Edward Burns film. You know, some independent. Movie. Yeah. Either Burns. you were tough or right. you were funny. Yeah. But there was one rule. Remember the rule? Like uh, go down on the dude if you're no, 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 no. There's one rule. There, that equation is one rule. You either be tough or you be funny. Yeah. And you can make fun of anybody but me because I'm the tough guy. Remember that the the guy who would protect you from everybody else because he thought you were funny. You yeah. could make fun of everybody else, but don't ever make fun of me. Yeah. That was the rule. My mother taught me. I remember there was these kids who would call my mother, um, you know, fat, and were, you know, it really, it really made me cry. And I went home and I told my mother, and she's like, "Just make fun of me too, honey." And I'm like, just, <laughs> "Just go make fun of me too. It will take all the fun out of it for them." They'll be they'll, they won't know what to do, so I went back the next day and they were like, "Your mother's a fatty," and I was, "Yeah, she also she's a whore too." <laughs> and they were well, like, "What?" I'm like, "She's right. a pig." They were like, "What?" I was like, "My first father in a bush had my sister when she was 15." That's a slut, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Like they were offended. They slipped away. They were offended. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see that, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know. Yeah. That is a tough. Well, you started. You talked about the fact that 
That's your, what do they call them now, birth fathers? Real fathers, not called real fathers anymore. Because everybody's supposed father. to be your biological father, yeah. He was only around until you were how old? Well, he, he was around. I didn't see him young. He left. And then he came back in a little bit. And then when I was getting into the trouble... I, I called him and I was like, I want to live, you know, you pulled out, I want to go live with my dad. And my mother was like, go ahead, call him. <laughs> <laughs> and I called him and he was like, no. And I was like, no. Good lesson, Ma. Thanks, Mom. Maybe you could have just hugged me and said, I, I want you to, I love you. You don't, I don't want you to leave. You have to let me know that both my parents are shit. <laughs> Nobody wants me. Good call. But, so, um, so and then I came back in my life later. He did. He came back in. It was weird. He came back in later in my 20s, and we became friends. When I got sober, mm-hmm. as I made a phone call to him. Oh, okay. And he actually was like, what do you want, a Christmas present? Some, you know. Yeah. yeah I go, no. Yeah. I know. I get it. But no, I don't want to. I just want to be friends if we can. And we became friends. And, you know, he actually helped me move to New York. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm at. He gave me $1,000 to really? go to New York City. And uh, one day of fun lasted you until <laughs> six o'clock that afternoon. Exactly. I lived in Spanish Harlem, and actually, I, I helped out eight families for seven months. I still own one of those babies today. Well, that's where the Puerto Rican girl came from. <laughs> Which Puerto Rican girl? We talked about earlier this morning. Oh no, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Never mind. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Um, yeah, we talked, and then we actually became friends. I remember, we can, I can be a little edgy on this, right? Yeah, you can say whatever you want on this. I remember I called him up. We would talk all the time while I was in New York, and he was so cool, man. He was just a he was cool dad. Good-looking guy, engineer, got his stuff together, recovering. And I remember I called him up about girls. I remember a girl, want, she, she wanted me to pee on her. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm on the phone with her. My dad calls in, and I'm like, hang on one second. And I go, Dad. He's like, what? I go, this girl wants me to pee on her. I don't I don't know. I don't think I'm into it. I go, what would you do? He goes, well, look, I wouldn't drink a gallon of water and muster up a piss, but if I had to go. <laughs> you got to go anyway. I was, like, so. I was like, what a great, what a great way of looking at it. It's a nice touch. So, but then my sister had kidney problems. Uh, she had to get a kidney transplant. Older or younger? She's three years older. Three years older. And uh, I remember we had to go through all this. And look, you know, that's a... When you get that phone call that somebody in your family might need you, right, right. I don't care who you are. I know you have to do it because it's your family. But you're like, oh, I have shit to do. <laughs> you, know, you know, that weekend doesn't work. I got gigs. Now. Oh God, I was going to go on vacation to New Hampshire and fly fish, and now I'm going to. What if the, my kidney? I only had one, and now she's going to have the good one, and I'm going to die, and I'm going to have to. You know, you start thinking like that. Right. Nobody wants to do it. And he got mad at her. He had to go get checked out, and he found out he had uh, hepatitis oh. C yeah, from the war or from drugs or something. <clears throat> I like that from the war or from drugs. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. And he uh, he wound up giving my sister a pink slip, like you know, you only you don't you just call me when you need me, and blah blah blah. I gave her this letter. This is this is a, now, this is allegedly this is what my mother told me and my sister told me. So I stopped. I just I was like, look. If you're going to stop talking to my sister, if you're going to do that to my sister at this time, I have to back her. Right, right. I can't, I can't, which in hindsight, probably 15 years later, I wish I had read that letter. I wish I had, I wish I had called him and mm-hmm. talked to him mm-hmm. because, and, and said, what are you doing, stupid? And, you know, I wish I had did that. Right. And, you know, and because I, I, we were friends. And he, we were very similar, and, and, and now that here I'm having a kid, I'm happily married, and he doesn't get a, to see that or be a part of that. Right. And it's over something I really don't know the full details or his angle. I just took a side. And my mother, you know, she's kind of like that. You know, she my, my third father, Larry, who has raised me kind of, look, I, he's your father. Listen, settle down. With that. You know what I mean? Dial it back. I get it, he is. She you know, right, and she right. hates my real father, but I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done that. I should have probably talked to him and I never yeah. did. It's too late now, so it's probably gone. Is he gone? He's not I don't he's not gone. I don't I, I think he's still alive. I think. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but he, that's he left again. It's the weirdest thing, is like I shut it down. I sh- I wish I found out. Just, you know. I love my sister mm-hmm. and I don't think that's right. 
I, I would have confronted him, but I just cut it off too. Yeah. So now here's this dude with a kid, and he gets to see me succeed and and have a baby and you know all this stuff on right. TV and all this you know comedy and he doesn't. Eh, it's kind of weird. And what happened? You know, I it's wish- a pretty complex relationship too. Having being a friend. And a father, because it's he, yeah, he doesn't it stop ever yeah. being a father. Yeah, always will be. Yeah, you know. But to be a friend makes it different. How yeah. old's your boy? My boy? Yeah, I, it's, it's not born yet. He's uh, oh, he's June, on the way. June second, my first kid. I'm having. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So isn't that weird? How that changes your whole perception and your heart just. Readjust. You you start looking at your dad and your relationships differently. It's a little. It is. I, I mean, a lot of things differently. I mean, I look at. I mean. I look at boobs different now. Sure. I mean, they're, well, they're bigger. Yeah. Well, they're bigger, but it's like those are to keep those are to feed children. Yeah, right. you'll, you'll get over right. that. Yeah, but it's weird though. Like, it makes me think of what I've done to them my whole life. Like, God must be like, why? Why is he doing that to baby feeders? Like, there's a vagina for his penis a foot and a half away. Yeah, like, are these people out of their minds? Like, we're the only animals that mush baby feeders together to make a vagina. I mean, we're out of our minds. We're literally out of our minds. I will tell you something. So June 2nd comes around. Yeah. You'll, you'll when you first hold your, it's a boy. Yes. And it doesn't matter if it's a boy. Andy's older than his sister, too. But yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. But um, you'll have one of two thoughts the first time you hold your son. You will either say, "Kick it." This is no, 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 no. You'll be amazed by this because this will happen to you. You'll hold your son, and you'll say, "This is how much my parents either should have loved me or do love me." Absolutely, yeah. Because you will love that kid. It'll uh-huh. be unbelievable. I'm, I'm telling Instantly. you, Robert, I want you to call me on June third. Okay, I'll give you my phone number. You'll hold this baby and go, "This is how much my parents should have loved me." Yeah, that that love's instantaneous. Yeah, it's fantastic. I have a six month old. And then as you look at it immediately and go, by the way. I will, yeah. <laughs> his, his <laughs> First thing, he gave me the finger. I don't know how he was able to form that. I was literally in this beautiful moment with you guys. I'm like, See, oh my God. Happens? And then I turn to you and you're like six months. And he goes, kid hates him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you will instantly realize that you will, you will kill for this little you creature. Will. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. That was Robert Kelly on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're going back to Burt Kreischer on the program, talking a little bit about his story, The Machine. Actually, talking a lot about it, just telling the story. The whole thing. Burt Kreischer, The Machine, episode 677, next on The Best Of. I'm gonna be like him, yeah, you know I'm gonna be like him. And the cats in the cradle and the sea. Here we go. So, Kristen, when I was 22, I got involved with the Russian Mafia. Uh, I was going to school at Florida State. I wasn't a very good student. I signed up for a Russian class thinking it was Spanish. This is what a bad student I was. I sat through three classes before I realized, I don't think this is Spanish. <laughs> right. So uh, I got up to leave. The teacher, I'm going to find her real quick. Okay. Stop it. The teacher, okay, this is her, Dan, who was hot. Oh, those are her kids. Sorry. <laughs> Super interesting taste, Super man. Super bad. She was, she's eight. This is her right here, the blonde, right? That's not how I pictured her. Right? Really? No. Are you serious? Not what did you picture? She's o- from Ohio. Older for sure, but I assume young because she was trying to get her master's degree. She's my. She was a little bit older than me. Okay. This is recent. This is like the other day. She stopped me. And by the way, she became ended up becoming my friend. She stopped me. She goes, don't go anywhere. I need 14 kids to teach this class. You need, you, I need to teach this class in order to get my master's. So if you sit back down, you don't have to do anything, and I'll give you a C. I was like, Strasvozia, bitches, I'm back. <laughs> so, so I took Russian one, two, three, and four. Never learned a word. Think about what I just said. I took two years of a language. <laughs> I was God. committed to this language. Nothing's absorbed. Nothing. Nothing. I knew I was going to see. Why would I want to learn? <laughs> I was. I literally. Why would I want to learn? Russian four was taught in Russian. Do you know what it's like to go to a class oh, and sit there like an immigrant at the DMV all day? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
I'm looking for I'm looking for pictures of our trip. I, they've got to be on her thing. And so uh, one day, so I get done rushing for her, same teacher pulls me aside. She goes, "Listen, we're taking a trip to Russia. If you go, you get a minor." I was like, "Wait, you know I can't a minor. read, speak, write, or understand the language." And she's like, "I'm well aware of that." She goes, "Doesn't matter. With the classes you've taken, you only need 15 hours to or 30, 30 hours to get a minor. I already had 15 hours." She goes, well, "If you go, you're taking a whole 15 hours of classes. You'll get a minor." And I was like. Are you serious? I was so confused. I was like, let's go to Russia and bang some miners. So, so we go to Russia in 1995. This is when the mob ran everything. And they told us that the very first night. They sat the whole class down. Actually, actually, I like doing this. So in all honesty, they told the whole class that night what was going down. I found out on the flight from Atlanta to Prague. And the flight from Atlanta to Prague, my teacher, same woman, just a couple years older than me, same, came back to my seat, sat down next to me, undid her pants, and says, I need to show you something. I'm like, this is how that works. <laughs> <laughs> she shows me roughly, and I'm guesstimating, about ten grand in American cash in a fanny pack hidden inside her jeans. She said, I'm freaking out. The head of the Russian department asked us all to smuggle in money because oh. we're paying off the mafia to keep us safe. And I was like, this trip just got awesome. <laughs> that oh, is the shit. true that is exactly how it happened what year was this? 1995 it's 1995 crazy. Okay. when were you in russia uh, five years ago yeah so so Already after different. after yeah. communism fell and they yeah. tried to bring in capitalism that obviously there were only a few people that were running capitalism in that country during communism those were the black market mafia right. guys so once that opened up they're like oh we got this we lock it down and the mob ran everything and they told us that. They're like, we've paid them off to keep you safe. We gave us two young gangsters. The word for that Russian is banditi. <laughs> two young, two young gangsters. gangsters. Igor and Sasha. And they go, they're going to live with you. They had a room on our floor. They're going to walk us to class every morning. After class, they're going to walk us back from class. They're going to take us on field trips. They're going to do everything with us. Do not speak to them. They're in the mafia. <laughs> do not look at them. Do not engage them. Do not. And I was like, uh, they're going to be my best friends ever. <laughs> so first night, Igor is sitting Igor's room happened to be right next to mine and across the hall from that chick I showed you. First night, I went over to Igor's room with a bottle of vodka and a six-pack of Baltica and a sentence planned. I was going to say, we can curse on here, right? Yeah. can do whatever okay. you want. We were gonna, I was going to say, which means, So you do know some yeah. Russian. I, I, no, I worked on that all day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> and I've said this sentence that I just said to you maybe a hundred thousand times. I was going to say, hello, my name is Bert. It's very nice to meet you. Yadabotayukoshka means I work pussy, right? Uh, well, k- kind of. It really means I work with cats. So, <laughs> so I figured they get it. I figured they get it if I get enough of this. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter because yeah. the second the door opens and I'm face to face with a real Russian gangster. Like, you, no one's seen Eastern Promises yet, but I'm looking at a version of that that is just tattoos, wife beater, track pants, cigarette, gray, greasy black hair, oh, and he just stares at me with that gray slate communist face and he just goes <laughs> stole like just like de- just by the way i'm a frat boy okay yeah i'm wearing cargo shorts a fanny pack and a collared shirt yeah. and i'm sitting there like the easter bunny <laughs> and he just looks at me just like just like the heat miser stole i panicked and everything i planned on saying flooded out of my head and all i said to him in russian in his doorway was i am the machine <laughs> Now, now. By the way, let's break this story down. I love this part. I love doing this more than I like telling it on stage. So, what I was trying to say was Yamashina, which means I am the man. But what I said is Yamashinu, which means I am the machine. Which is there's no slang in Russia. So I just stood in the store and went, "I'm the machine," and he went, "Okay." I'm the machine. And I just kept saying that's all I knew how to say. And he's like, "Come in and tell my friends. Bring me a room full of nine Russian gangsters drinking and smoking." And he goes, "Stop." Listen to what he has to say. And I just looked at him and went, I'm the machine. <laughs> they look at each other, look at me, and they're like, fuck it, he's the machine. And that's all I said to them all night long. All I knew how to say was, I'm the machine. And I fuck cats. So, so one day, we go to my... Now, Igor and I were best friends. Once again, to sidebar. Igor and I were best friends. We did a lot together. And you got to remember, he ran whatever we wanted to do. So if we went to the Hermitage to go to the museum, Igor would just look at the class go, not the machine, he drinks with me. And the whole class would be like, they couldn't say anything. Like, yeah. All right, see ya. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, 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 we did everything. We ran a pool hall scam, we stole a boat, and then one day, we go to, we go to Moscow, and Igor says to me, I can't go. 
I said, why not? He goes, different mafia runs train, different mafia runs Moscow. But don't worry. I talked to Banditi. They have new, ban- new Banditi on train, new Banditi in Moscow. And he goes, I set it up. They'll take care of you. Jeez. Sure enough, introduced me to my two new gangsters, Igor and Igor. And he says to <laughs> Igor and Igor. I wish I had a fucking joke for that, but, but oh, I don't. Every time I say God. it, I go, there's something there. I don't know what it is. Uh, and he says to him, he goes, guys, this is the machine. If the machine, if you give the machine vodka, you'll have a great time. <laughs> and the bigger the two Igors has this look like a kid on Christmas. He's like, oh, I can't wait to play with the machine. <laughs> I mean, it's almost scary. He grabs me like in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, like grabs me like Bugs Bunny, just brings me in the first class cabin on the train. My whole class goes to coach. I'm in first class. Booze, food, and here's the real gangster part. Second, the train starts moving. Everyone that works on the train comes in to pay their respects. The the, by the way, what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm about to say to you, oh I, listen to what I said. I, right now, I swear on my children, what I'm about to say is true. Okay? okay. Ready, Kristen? The, contu- the conductor walked in. The, I'm like, oh, we're in trouble. Looks at me, rips off the stars and stripes to his uniform, places him on my lap, and goes, this is a present for the machine. <laughs> I'm 22 years old. <laughs> and, and he's looking at these gangsters and he's saying, it would be an honor to do a shot of vodka with a machine. And I'm thinking, what the, these stories might have gotten out of control. <laughs> what do they maybe. think I do? <laughs> so we drink all the booze and, and, and I'm like, I'm feeling it. And Big Ewer stands up and he goes, machine, we go to the bar cart to get more vodka. I'm like, fuck it, I'm in the mob. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> we roll to the bar cart like... Uh, I gotta think of the right analogy. It's just it's like a it's like a big dick in a locker room. You ever seen that? And you're like, oh, okay, someone's here. So <laughs> someone's here. So uh, <laughs> Igor says to me in the doorway, very very casually and in Russian, mind you. He goes, machine, go behind the bar and grab bread. And I understood him. I didn't understand all of it, but I understood the majority of what he said. And I went, oh my god, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning lang- the language my way, not through flashcards and textbooks, right. but by joining the mafia. So I'm behind the bar like, Igor, I know what you said. He's like, go for you, machine. Can the machine find cheese? And I was like, Sir, cheese, I got it. Give me another word. He's like, I'm a grab vodka. I was like, I already know that one. Give me another one. He's like, grab the money. I'm like, huh? Grab the money. And I realized at that instant, we're robbing the bar cart. <laughs> And I'm the one doing it, hooked on phonics style. Oh, <laughs> my God. By the way, small detail sidebar, I remember the bartend, bartender was not making eye contact with me and was standing up against the wall just looking off to the right. He and saw I, nothing. I was, and he, no one saw anything. And Igor's going through everyone's pockets. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So I just grabbed the money. I go grab the money. We walk out, go back to our first-class cabin, and within, like, five minutes, the head chaperone of this trip, not this not my teacher, but the head chaperone on this trip who did not speak Russian. She was an English teacher. She comes into my first class cabin and losing her mind with that kind of like teacher uh, liberal arts rage, you know, like, this is over. You're coming with me right now. And Big Igor just smiles at me, takes a big sip of vodka, spits it in her eyes and goes, no one talks to the machine like that. Oh, <laughs> Silence. God. Shuts the door, looks at me and he goes, fuck that bitch. This is Russia. <laughs> Don't worry, machine, when it gets dark, we have good time. I'm like, yeah. what are we doing when it gets dark? <laughs> Reaches into his pocket, pulls out a ring of keys, and he goes, we're robbing the whole train. Oh, and now, listen, uh, okay, yeah, okay, I robbed him. So, <laughs> I ro- I, well, look, you kind of had to. Well, it's like at that moment, you're like one of two people. You're like the guy that goes, not me, I'm going to go work on my verbs. Or you're like, let's rob some, you know, I I thought I'd be the good guy, but apparently in the moment when push comes to shove, I'm the guy that's like, all right, let's start with my class. So we robbed them first, and then we robbed the rest of the train. And then, and, then, uh, and, then, and then we drank. And we drank all night long, pulled into Moscow, so hammered, six in the morning, overnight train trip. Yeah. We robbed them while they were sleeping, if that makes it any better. Hey, and if it's any better, by the way, we robbed myself, too, because my bag was with them. We stole my stuff out of my bag also. So not that that makes it better. But Wait, you kind of got it back, maybe. No, I no, did not. It was didn't. a pocket knife my dad gave me to travel through Europe with. And I was really heartbroken. Uh, and my camera. And so I didn't, now I didn't have a camera to go through Europe with. Well, whatever. It's, uh, anyway. Pulled to Moscow, 6 a.m., hammered. I mean, like, beyond hammered. Maybe top five drunkest I've ever been in my life. Door opens. Trains up, stopped. Door opens. Sun's up. Same teacher, not mad, looks at me and goes, uh, smiling. I want you to know they've alerted the police. And I look out, and there's t- two cops talking to my whole class on the platform. They're, all my classes are in the pajamas. The whole class. They're upset. They've been robbed. I yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. Not, they've, apparently, they've never heard snitches get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Big Igor is completely unfazed. Completely unfazed. Oh. Grabs a bottle of vodka, lights a cigarette, says, don't worry. I, I take care of this. Goes out to the cop and starts yelling, fuck you! <laughs> we 
like pointing to me. We fuck you in the mouth. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, we. I'm like, stop with the we shit. <laughs> now, now the cop is just staring at me, like at, over his scowling, and I hear him bark out, "Play drums, yes, yes," which I don't even know what that means, but it doesn't sound like you're okay. Stay there. <laughs> I walk to the cop who's standing in front of the class. I just robbed. Next to the gangster, I robbed them with. And all I'm thinking is, this isn't how I planned on spending my second junior year. Mm. I get like five steps from the cop, and he gets impatient, takes two big-ass steps, grabs me tight by the arm, spins me away from my class, away from Eager, pulls me right into his face, and he goes, So, I understand you're the machine. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight you party with us. I was like, wait, I'm not in trouble? And he gets so close to me, I can smell his morning cigarette, and he goes, No. Fuck that bitch. This is Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. That was the funnest I've ever told that story. That is phenomenal. We'll take a break. Chris, are you still with us, I hope? I am, yes. Oh, thank God. We'll be back in 90 seconds after the sleep. From the Sleep Number (laughs) Studios. After the sleep. (laughs) Sleep Number Studios, TomBernardShow.com. We're talking sleep number, ladies and gentlemen. Last night, for the third night in a row, 82, my sleep IQ number. Look at you. 54. Sleeping like a champion. Yeah, it's honest. God's been unbelievable. I'm telling you. you My heart rate was 78 while I slept. Is that bad? (laughs) It's not good. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. After extensive medical testing, it has been determined that these clips are indeed the best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you by Brad Sean Bryant. Great clips this week from Ian Punnett, Robert Kelly, and the machine, Bert Kreischer. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.